No camera, no condoms, no problem. Coming up on the broadcast. In the states or abroad, no one's safe from the talk is a fraud. In the states or abroad, no one's safe from the talk is a fraud. The following goes beyond the show and beyond the gram to bring you all the fraud that's fit to be uncovered. This is the broadcast, and now here are your broadcasters. Hanakawa and Katrina. So it's a new season. New couples, new fraud. New couples, new fraud, new disasters. New disasters. With us in the studio today is Agent C. Say hello. Hi, everybody. I am, and I, I just have to say I'm extremely excited to have new couples to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone was like just kind of slowly shivering and dying over the last season. Oh my God. Season. We were slogging It started out through. really good, but like TLC killed us in the tell all. was just like. <sighs> we were just slogging through those last, the end of that. It can, was just. No. Can you send your masses to do like a change.org? No more two part tell alls. <laughs> Seriously. And it's, it's like a half ass two part. It's like. One they stretched a little it. bit. They yeah. stretched it to make it two parts to keep us engaged. But uh, but we can forget about them for now, and we can um, move along to the new season. So this is before the ninety days season four, and uh, we were introduced this week to some of the new couples, and we have issues that have come up with several several of them, <laughs> and um, we are going to uncover some you know let you in on what we've learned about these people and uh what we discovered so far on them and um we've got agency here because he's got some insight that he's going to share so with that we're going to start i'm going to start with just a quick note on jeffrey and varia now remember we are not a recap show so if we if and when we do cover him it's usually it's going to be in regards to tea or fraud that has been uncovered um it we're not so we're not recapping his scenes therefore we don't need to be like boycotting his scenes but if there's something that comes up with regards to fraud or something with regards to him we probably are going to cover it we decided as a team that we're going to look at those on a case-by-case basis um, if you want details on all of his criminal nonsense, you can visit Starcasm. Uh, the reason, for those of you who don't know, Jeffrey has a quite detailed criminal history as well as a lot of recent allegations that have to do with domestic violence and uh, related crimes. And while a lot of that has not been adjudicated yet, a lot of it is very credible. And so... A lot of the podcasters in this universe sort of as a whole have sort of decided not to really cover him too much. So that's pretty much all we're going to say about him at the moment. Um, Although we do have some information um, regarding the criminal record and as it relates to if he he would be able to sponsor somebody. So we are going to talk about that a little bit. Um, But for the most part, anything that we cover on him is going to be fraud. Okay. Make sense? Makes sense. You have, agency, you have some information on how his criminal background may affect. So remember, this is before the 90 days, you guys. So with before the 90 days, these are couples that haven't met yet and they haven't started a K-1 process yet. So unlike regular 90 days where they're theoretically already have the K-1, this is, they're still medium and they haven't gotten engaged or started a, a K-1 yet. So that's where we're at. Right. And 
I decided to write about this. I posted this on uh, on Reddit this afternoon because I think that a lot of people, because they are appropriately creeped out by the record that we know he has and the allegations that have been made about him, that it would be beneficial for people to know about the protections that are in place for people like Varya um, when they're being petitioned for somebody like Jeffrey. So in 2005, Congress passed a law called the International Marriage Broker Regulation Act. And within that piece of legislation was a requirement that any applicant for who was uh, interviewing for a visa, whether it's a K, a K class visa, so K one, two, three, or four, or any of the uh, family based categories, um, is required to have disclosed to them um, criminal history and entered orders of protection that the petitioner may have. So, um, what happens is that USCIS compiles kind of a dossier. Uh, while the peti- while the petition is being processed, and then that dossier is forwarded on to the post that will conduct the visa process. And at the time of the interview, that information is then made available uh, to the applicant. The information is required to be disclosed in the applicant's native language. This is either done by the interviewing officer if their uh, proficiency in the language is sufficiently high, or they'll bring in a, a local staff member who's a native speaker. Uh, to explain everything. Um, and so... Now, is this the same uh, same sort of set of guidelines that if, uh, if, if they're already over here and they claim domestic violence, they can s- split from their sponsor and still gain their green card? No, that's covered under a different, under a different set of uh, rules and law. This okay. is, this is before they even get the visa approved. Okay. This is, this is pre-approval of the visa before they ever get on a plane and travel to the U.S. And so if a case has been flagged for needing to make a mandatory disclosure of this nature, um, typically there are procedures that, the, that an embassy or consulate will follow. Uh, they'll do it in private, um, away from the rest of the rating room, just out of, out of respect for the, uh, for the beneficiary. Uh, they'll talk through it with them. They'll give them ample time to make a decision. Um, you know, they're not required to make a decision at that time. You know, they'll, they'll say, you know, if you want to take some time, as much time as you need to think about this, that's fine. And then they'll make sure that, um, you know, whatever decision the person makes, and sometimes you have situations where they already knew about it. And so they're not, they don't have a problem moving forward, but there have also been cases that I've seen where, um, the beneficiary didn't know, and so they needed time to uh, to go back and think about it. And they can take as much time as they need. And while they're doing that, the case is put on hold. No actions can be taken on it. Um, and it's really up to the beneficiary whether they move forward. Sometimes the um, the embassy or consulate will you know go even further to try to help the this particularly a beneficiary who doesn't under who doesn't know this is even that that, that this was even an aspect of their uh, petitioner's background. They'll try to find other ways to help them out within, you know, the scope of what they're, what they're able to do. So, so with, with Jeffrey, um, because he does have a criminal record and I believe the Starcasm article said that he had multiple protective orders that have been entered by a court, that disclosure would then have to be made to Varya. And so she would have an opportunity to be made aware that he has this past and potentially be given a chance to make a decision to, perhaps move away from him. And 
And that was put in place because Congress certainly saw that there was a need to make sure that, uh, you know, vulnerable people are protected from from people like Jeffrey. So, <laughs> you know, and, and, and again, the reason I brought I, I'm bringing this up at all is because I think it, people probably can feel a little bit more at ease knowing that, um, you know, she's not going to be even if he chooses not to be honest about his past with her, uh, someone is going to be honest with her and she can make an informed uh, decision. Interesting. So um, what's also interesting in this case is that we know that some of his arrests were right either after filming Mm -hmm. or before, right around that time of filming, and presumably not with Varya. So that Mm -hmm. that goes into some of the, you know, what's happening in the storyline. Yeah. But we also know Varya is on social media defending him. Big time. (laughs) So I don't have any any comment on that. The other thing to remember, too, for for, uh, Jeffrey is that He's still, at least right now, we, he's still technically married, so he's not eligible for any type of petition. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes. I mean, this yeah. being before the ninety days, this is just more, you know. Yeah, but it's worth it's worth it's worth saying. But anyway, on on the really icky stuff, there is a system in place to try to protect Varya as best as the government is able to. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so moving along to. Ash and Avery. Ash of Australia and Avery of Seattle, Washington. We have two parts for him that we want to talk about. One has to do with his visa uh, stuff. But first, I wanted to just joke about the sad leaf that she laid on her salad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am not a, a, a cannabis connoisseur by far but i think a lot of comments on your page and even messages were just kind of like why is it why was it so sad right so um she had noted that she does infusions of cannabis and so i thought maybe she was going to say she was infusing her salad dressing um i've never known someone who had the method of getting high off of eating the leaves i don't think that's quite tasty (laughs) um if you've ever tasted cannabis, and yes, I have, it doesn't do well in Caesar. <laughs> like, it's not something you want to add to your dressing. Um, but then I was, you know, doing more, trying to do more research. So this goes as a question for, I guess, our broadcasters to give their experiences, if they have any, on using or eating the leave part. Because THC comes from the trichome part, which is like the little clusters that's on top of the plant. Some people buds, call it bud. Some people call it <laughs> nuggets. Some people call it, I don't know. Everyone has a name for it, but that's where the actual, um, God, the word's escaping me, um, psycho, you know, effect. Psychotropic? Psycho, yeah, they, there's a lovely fancy word for it, but that's where that stuff comes in. So when you get high, you're getting it from the THC that's found in the trichomes, as opposed to CBD, which doesn't have any of the psycho effects. Um but as far as I know, that isn't found in the leaf. So while it's very beautiful laying on the salad and it may taste interesting. Like <laughs> it tastes like pot. <laughs> Whatever you can describe that flavor as being. I mean, I can't knock it until I one day maybe try it. I don't, oh, I don't know. Just the idea of eating that kind of leaf. Those things are well, like, they're and spiny like- and they're, they're gross. That salad that she was making, she was like, "Oh, that looks that looks pretty good, actually." And I'm like, "No, no, it actually doesn't." Like, she's like, <laughs> it was a bunch of kale and some beans. Like, no, no. Wow. Yeah. 
But she's also like a super health foodie, and I think that um, some people consider cannabis to be a superfood. Oh, like kale? Like kale, like dark, like cacao, like goji berries, like other super good things for your body. Uh-huh. Like totally. And then there's weed leaves. I don't yeah. know. That just, it just irked me, but like, it was more, we were more laughing at how she goes to go buy one single pot. Well, yeah, the ex-boyfriend who's very big in the cannabis industry holding the- He pulls it out like it's this like specimen to like give it to her like. <laughs> just For all we know, that could have been the same leaf they used in the prior scene. It kind of looked the same. Yeah. It, it might have been like a, a lot of people. I mean, if she's in Seattle and maybe if she can grow it, I don't know what the laws are out there, but it's like a lot of people will just clip a fresh one off of their like little weed tree they have in the, in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, like we all have people, a weed tree in the kitchen, <laughs> right? You know, like most people have like thyme or basil. They just clip and yeah, most people have like their little. <laughs> sure. Thyme, basil, it was, pot. It was amusing. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. So Avery, who, by the way, has broken up with Ash three times in nine months of not having met him, um, she is getting ready to go to Australia to visit him. And the reason she's going to Australia to visit him is because allegedly he cannot get a visa to come to the United States to visit her. And so this is a little questionable because we're like, okay, well, what happened? And he told her, I guess, on the, on the show, he t- tells her that it's because he had this bankruptcy, right? And yeah. um, that prevented him from getting a visa to the United States from Australia. Keep in mind, he's not born in Australia. He's born in... Mauritius. Mauritius. Right. So the question then becomes okay the first question is did he ever become an australian citizen and whether that is yes or no sort of depends on sort of that that question will sort of inform the rest of the analysis here so right so there are two parts to this question one is he actually and a lot of people on social media really seem to think that he's living illegally in australia and i don't know where that comes from we haven't seen anything um, presented to us, at least that I've seen, that indicates that he's actually uh, living in Australia either illegally or with legal status, but hasn't become Australian. So, um, you know, let's let us keep our speculation in the realm of the factual. Um, <laughs> That's no fun. So, my assumption is that he has become an Australian citizen. And if he has become an Australian citizen, then he is entitled to take advantage of what's called the visa waiver program to come over to the United States. He has to fill out a little application online. Um, It's called an ESTA. Um, And ESTA stands for Electronic System for Travel Authorization. It's kind of a recursive acronym um, because people, they call it like like an ESTA ESTA approval or ESTA authorization. That's where the recursiveness comes from. Um, but anyway, you apply for that and 72 hours before you fly, then you can land in the U get on a plane, land in the U S and, and be admitted on the visa waiver program. Um, and if you apply for an ESTA and you're denied, then you have to apply for a visa like anybody else. So like thing, a visitor visa, like a visitor's kind. visa or a business visa or something, something like that. But Bankruptcy is not a criteria that they ask about on ESTA, nor is it a criteria that they ask about on the non-immigrant visa application form. And so it's very 
difficult for me to imagine where bankruptcy would have come up at, at any point in this process that he's going through. It certainly would, have, would not have come up on ESTA. And even if he was to say that he was unemployed on his uh, ESTA form, that doesn't necessarily mean that his ESTA is going to be denied. You know, there are people who, you know, young people who come to the U.S. I mean, Jesse comes to the U.S. all the time. Right. He, when has he ever had gainful employment? Um, <laughs> which is a subject for a future episode, by yes. the way. Um, <laughs> yes, we'll have that coming up when we discuss some of the what now uh, episodes. That's right. Um, and so I don't think that would necessarily get him bounced from ESTA and have to go in for an interview. And then let's suppose that, he, you know, if he did have to go in for an interview, which we hear that he did, it's not necess- It's not clear to me why it would come up in an interview. Um, bankruptcy is not on the form. Um, if he's unemployed, if he says unemployed, and then the visa, the, v- the interviewing visa officer says, "Well, what do you do for work?" and he, he, maybe he would explain that he went through a bankruptcy, but he would have to either be directly asked about it or volunteer that information himself. And there's a lot of there's a big if chain that gets you to that point, and it doesn't seem to me like it's. A, like, a likely if chain. Um, well, so, I mean, bankruptcy in and of itself is not a disqualifier. No, it's from not. a visa, anyway. It's not a disqualification in and of itself. It can indicate a lack of funds uh, to pay for one's travel, which raises the suspicion that you might not abide by the terms of your visa. But that's such an, but, you know, you, you know, um, there are plenty of entrepreneurs who have been through bankruptcies and are still billionaires. You know, Donald <laughs> Trump president. can still get, yeah, Donald Trump can still get a visa, mm-hmm. um, and he's been through what five hundred bankruptcies, right? Oh so my! So <laughs> it's not in, it's not in and of itself a disqualification. Um, so my assessment is that he's probably hiding something. If I had to guess, and I have no factual basis for this, but it's more likely that he has a criminal record, and that he disclosed that on his ESTA. It got denied. It's like John, basically, right? He, of Rachel and John. Yeah, of yeah. Rachel and John fame. He has a criminal record. He puts it on his ESTA. It gets denied. He goes to the to the, to the the consulate in, in Sydney to apply for a visa, or maybe in Melbourne. I forget where they have consulates these days. Um, he goes there. He applies. He gets denied because he has a, 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 a crime that, dis, that, it, that creates an ineligibility. But he just set, and maybe that criminal conviction arose from the circumstances that led to the bankruptcy and he's just using the bankruptcy as the excuse for what that he's using with Avery um that's how I see it now there's more to this um if you're not already having enough fun um if he was a citizen of Mauritius and never obtained Australian citizenship I still don't think the bankruptcy story makes sense for why he didn't get a visa because typically if you're from a poor country and you're living in a rich country and you are the and you're the only one there if you're young like a young male who immigrated by some means to a rich country your family lives back in Mauritius the his his ability to demonstrate that he has sufficient ties and to show that he will not that he will overcome the presumption of immigrant intent is extraordinarily low people who apply in third countries have a very hard time getting approved for visas and he would be no different um Especially if, you know, some some people on the internet are speculating that he came over as an asylum seeker. We I have no idea if that's true. If he was an asylum seeker, then applied for a visitor visa as a Mauritius citizen in Australia, the odds of him overcoming Im- immigrant intent are basically zero. But then, so what, what you mean by that is that 
the immigrant intent is the the presumption that they're going to come to the United States to stay. Yes. So and that's and that's instantiated in the law. The law actually says that all applicants for uh, non for visas are considered to be intending immigrants, and it's the burden of the applicant to overcome the presumption of immigrant intent uh, as part of the process of of being approved for. Like you know, a visitor visa. For a visitor visa, that's right. exactly You have to right. show that you are you don't have the intent to stay in the United States, that you right. are planning on going back, you have a job, you have this, that, right. the other thing. That's where the concept of, t- of ties comes from. Um, so anyway, I, just, I, I think that he would have been refused so quickly for not having sufficient ties that why would he blame it on a, on a, on a sketchy bankruptcy? He could just say, you know, they rejected me because they thought I was an intending immigrant or mm-hmm. I didn't have sufficient ties. It's, a, it's an easy, easy story. It doesn't make sense for him to create a convoluted story for a simple reason. So that leads me, one, to think he's an Australian citizen, and two, that he's not. it's not actually the bankruptcy. It's probably something a little bit more serious. So, so Ash, you may have been able to get one over on Avery, but you can't get one over on the broadcast. We're looking. He's got our eye on you. <laughs> oh, he's got his eye on us, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. Hi. Yeah. Now, um. now, some people have also speculated that maybe he lied to Avery about traveling, and maybe the reason he... I tell you, I've got to admire the creativity that people are showing online. They get real creative. Um, yeah. You know, some people have said, well... Australian bankruptcy law says that you have to get permission to leave the country. Um, and so maybe it's that, Is that true. They, someone sent a link to a website, but I'm not an Australian lawyer. So I'm you know, not <laughs> taking a stand one way or the other on this, but even if that was true and maybe he, maybe he, he was just lying and saying he didn't get a visa because he was embarrassed to, you know, say that he couldn't travel because of a bankruptcy. Maybe that's the case. Um, right. you know, so there, but what we from all of this, what we know is that what he's saying doesn't add up, and there's some sketchy stuff that he hasn't told us about yet. All right, so we that's just one episode in, and and we're already uh, getting frauded. So um, moving on, Lisa and Soja Boy, also known as Lisa uh-huh. and Usman or Angela 2.0 and Nigerian Soja Boy. Um, this. So what we know about them, and and for those of we, we've talked about it on the last podcast, but um, we know that they're married. So when um, when TLC announced this preview back in the middle of season, the last season, this came out. So, but nobody cared, I think, at the time because everybody was still focused on the uh, cast of season seven. Yeah, no one knew who the hell it was. They're like, and. Some chicks getting married. Cool. And it's a Nigerian (laughs) wedding. So they're in Nigeria. It's a Nigerian license and stuff. So we've seen this. Um, It's now making its rounds again. Everybody who sent it to me, thank you. We are aware of it. We know that they're married. They got married in Nigeria sometime around October of 2019. And the question is how, how, if, if they are different from Angela and Michael, and uh and the 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 the, 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 the impact of the, the new travel ban that has added Nigeria, does that make it have an effect on them? And is she is he gonna be able to come over to the United States and all these questions and whether or not they differ from um Angela and Michael's situation. So take it away. Basically the situation with them is exactly the same as with Angela. Um if they were married in what, November? 
October of 2019. There's not enough time for them to get their petition approved and sent on to uh, to Nigeria for processing. Those take about 12 to 18 months, depending on which service center is processing it. So there's no way that that was done, that they were able to get that done quickly enough for him to have been have visa in hand by the enactment date of the new travel ban in February. So um, Lisa's going to have to maybe, maybe she and Angela can do a joint business venture in Nigeria (laughs) so they can be with, be with their men's be with their men's. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So if they had gotten married, well, I guess, I mean, if there was some way for them to have gotten the visa prior to the enactment of the travel ban, they would have been okay. Mm -hmm. But um, you're saying that with the October 2019 wedding date, there wouldn't have been enough time to get their whole thing processed. Even if they applied like, the same day that they got married and turned exactly. in their pa- paperwork, it's still a year to 18 month process. There's no way he would have been able to get that visa in his hand before the travel ban went into effect. So now that the, the very fact that they were married before the travel ban doesn't impact that the fact that the travel ban affects him now. That's exactly correct. The only way you were getting out of that is if you had a valid visa in hand. Um, you could you could get through, but visa processing once the petition is approved takes six months. Even if their petition had been a, approved in October 2019, they still weren't they still were not really in a position to to get it. Now, some people were asking, "Well, Soldier Boy's a famous rapper in Nigeria. Why I was just come, about to go there. Why couldn't he come <laughs> over on the Einstein visa, um, which oh is God. otherwise known as an E1 visa or for aliens of extraordinary ability?" Um, in order to extraordinary ability. Yeah. Well, I think this is, uh, I feel like Michael should apply for this because having sex with Angela 38 (laughs) times in two weeks is a pretty extraordinary feat. I think his claim is stronger than, than, uh, than Soja boys. So to qualify for the, for the extraordinary ability visa, he has to be very, uh, uh, a nationally or internationally recognized, um, entertainer of, of high note with lots of record sales, awards, recognition, press articles, uh, etc. And as far as we know, he has either 4,000 Instagram followers or 23,000 and two songs on Spotify. <laughs> so he had 20,000, but he got hacked, I guess, and all of a sudden lost, lost. them all or something. Lost them all. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that gets you uh, gets you the E one visa, unfortunately. <laughs> hey, fraudcasters! Everyone knows that finding the perfect T shirt can be such a challenge. I know I've always had problems with it, whether it was the fit or the quality. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims, the maker of my perfect t-shirt bra. Now I have the perfect t-shirt to go with that bra. From either crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. My cotton jersey t-shirt is now a wardrobe staple for me. I reach for it almost every day, and the fit is so perfect because it snatches me right in at the waist. I've washed it a million times, and it's held its shape really well. It fits like a dream. I absolutely love it. And honestly, you guys, I thought, like, okay, this shirt is going to be too small for me, and it's not going to fit right, and all the bulges are going to show but it doesn't at all. I put it on and it magically stretches to fit me perfectly and it holds all those bulges in. Every little but last bulge that I have 
is all held in and it looks fantastic. I absolutely love it and it's super, super comfortable and it is, it is one of my new favorite t-shirts. You can shop the Skims t-shirt collection at skims.com, now available in sizes extra, extra small up to 4X. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu. Um, but at the time they got married, they didn't know that the travel ban was was in the pipeline. It's just so. like the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, no one yep. expects it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. So, um, in, in, on this episode, we had the unfortunate joy of being exposed to Lisa getting waxed, full body wax, and uh, I don't know. This is like Matt Sharp's new shtick, but sending these women in to get like a cooter wax or whatever like for the cooter camera wax. i'm just like really really well, she was not to... shy she talked about how she wanted to raw dog him off the plane uh which which is a whole other thing right because i mean i know this is like ta- <laughs> been, been talked about on all the recap podcasts and stuff but like um you know there are STDs are still a thing. And, and so she should be worrying about that, which allegedly she is because she allegedly got him tested and he's clean. So how does, how does one do that from and trust the results? Did she just like I tell know. him to go get tested? Like, did she like FaceTime accompany him into the bathroom so he could like pee in a cup so they could test it? Do they get his blood test? Like, how does she, how confident, why is she so confident in the results of these tests? Did he even get tested or did he just say he got tested? Yeah. I'm not know. sure I trust the, uh, the Nigerian STD doctor to, uh, <laughs> to give us, give us the straight facts. Maybe they uploaded it to an app like, uh, like Karini's doctor did. And then, you know, <laughs> Paul, Paul was convinced by the results because they were on a phone and Karini told them they said what she wanted them to say. <laughs> which was that she Aww. was not pregnant. Which is, which is that she was not pregnant and had no STDs. So right. maybe, maybe oh they used God. the same, the same uh, technology platform in Nigeria. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. STD pregnancy test. STDpregnancytest.com. Hey, Paul, there you go. There's a business venture for you. <laughs> His first customer will be will be Ed. Oh, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Yolanda. Let's move on to her. She's she's uh, the the older black lady who was talking to the not so British Williams, who whose camera is broken, and so he can't video chat with her. Right, because we all didn't use that excuse back in the '90s on Yahoo Messenger. <laughs> I don't have a webcam. <laughs> I don't have a webcam. But see, back then, it was probably true. Yeah. Like, you could get away with it because webcams were either these, like, fidgety fucking things you put on top of the computer or mm-hmm. you just didn't have one. Right. They weren't inc- built into the mm-hmm. to it the way it is now. So, tell us about Williams. Williams. There's a lot that came out today, though. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, let's start with what we learned last week. <laughs> what started so we we all had our adventures on the stock photos which um an easy reverse image search gave us all the photos from that one shoot which was actually 2016 so these are really old photos we're looking at of this dude who is williams who is actually italian 
bodybuilder and fitness trainer named, I'm going to say it wrong, Michele. Something like, yeah. Something. <laughs> You're right. He's Italian. Um, and uh, after just chatting with the photographer who owns the stock footage, he says that this McKelly guy doesn't even know his photo is being used <laughs> for the show. In, in this capacity. So, <laughs> could you imagine, like, just waltzing around and someone's like, oh, you're on TV? Yeah. Well, so TLC, to use those pictures, had to have bought the rights to use them on TV from the photographer who owns this, the, the rights. So... They're not doing anything wrong by showing these pictures of somebody else who isn't aware of it because they bought the rights to do so from the person who owned the rights. They can also play stupid because as far as they know, these are the photos that she was given. They wouldn't have known if it was a catfish then in there, right? Maybe. If so they, depends they on how kind of depends play... on how complicit TLC is with the storyline that we're going to get with these guys. Right. Because so... more... more was revealed. So, you know, we found this guy and we found Yolanda first. Cause she was really hard to find. Yeah. Really hard to find. Like she doesn't tag 90 day on anything. Right. Like, I, I even just now forgot what her IG tag was, but it's on my Instagram. Yeah. Um, and if you scroll down to her stuff, probably around fall of 2019, she is commenting back and forth with a couple people saying things like, I love you, my husband, you're mine, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And there's Dude Williams. <laughs> going to call him Dude Williams. There's two, right? There's right. one who actually has the name Williams. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one who has a name I keep. <sighs> well, it, that was like, and the, this other person, like, he went by a different his IG handle was different pr- before or, and that it, that it is now. Um, and yes. you can tell that by the way, like she tags him and, and the response comes from like the new one. And that's what it looks like when somebody changes their, their tag. Right. Um, yeah. So this, this person that's communicating back and forth with her and she's talking there. I, I, I love you. I love you. I don't see any roses, rose emojis, but they're talking. I love you. <laughs> about this, you know, in the fall of 2019, that person is connected on Instagram v- to this guy whose first name is Williams. And mm-hmm. he is some kind of Nigerian actor of some sort. He's actually verified on Instagram. So he's actually a legit yeah. somebody. Um, so we're going down both paths of these guys and their connections. And cause he gets tagged in the stuff, these communications, he gets so, tagged a lot, and he and he, and he responds. So his name is Williams Uchemba, mm-hmm. actor and comedian, and God's tool on Earth from Nigeria. Ah, uh, he's followed by official Soja Boy, so maybe Soja Boy knows him. Mm-hmm. He'd Interesting. definitely be more more popular with two point three million. <laughs> that, that's more. So the, the thing but. that's. The key, one of the keys about all of this is these, both, both, both of these men that she's communicating with in her comments, these love you, love you, wife, husband stuff, are Nigerian men, which coincidentally, the Williams, whose British accent she loves so much, that's not at all a British accent, <laughs> sounds like it may be a Nigerian accent, you know, was one uh. of the speculations. So we know she's 
as of the fall of last year, is communicating in her comments saying, I love you, blah, 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 to these at least two Nigerian men that may be right. connected, may be the same. We're not entirely sure yet. And you know who else follows him is, do you know, do you remember Lowo Show? No. Uh, I'll have to link you, but he's, he's been, he did something with 90 Day Fiance and I can't freaking remember. Was he married to like Kaya or something? I think so. Okay. So I follow her because she's, she's, I, I follow her from a while back, but. Um, there's, there's a couple of seasons I stepped out on mentally. Yeah. So yeah. that was one of them. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, so the storyline with Yolanda, I mean, at first it's like, oh, it's so sad because, you know, she's clearly being catfished. And, you know, inside of, you know, two minutes we were able to find the, you know, the reverse image search and find that this guy was not who, whoever she's talking to is not the guy in the pictures. And, you know, that's what we thought initially what the storyline was looking like. But then we come and find these other comments and stuff where she's communicating with these Nigerian men or man with this I love you stuff. So my speculation was wondering is if she pulled a Jenny and like much <laughs> like when Jenny and so Jenny was catfished by Smith and he met her under the names of name of Michael Jones using catfish pictures. But when he came clean to her, she fell in love with him anyway. She was like, Oh, well I'm already in love with you. It's fine. Right. And so she fell in love with her catfish. So I'm wondering if this is a situation, if Yolanda did the same thing. If, like, one of these guys went by Williams, you know, the, Williams is a famous Nigerian actor, apparently, so maybe they, and they knew him or something. Maybe they, you know, I watch enough catfish with, with Neve and Max to, to know that they sometimes pull friends' names or whatever. Yep. And that that's who this guy was that she's been talking to the whole time, and when she finds out, she falls in love with them anyway, and, like, we're going to see that on this season, maybe. Right. And they really paint her. I mean, she could be a naive Instagram user, but if you look at her hashtags, like, she has hashtag single men. <laughs> that is the hashtag of somebody who is looking for uh-huh. single men. So I'm like, <laughs> um, someone get your mom. <laughs> she has been alone on Instagram for way too long. <laughs> Somebody left Yolanda unsupervised oh on Instagram. Oh, my God. And she's still hashtagging single men. So who knows if she's still with Mr. Williams? Yeah, because these comments were like, I think it said like 34 weeks ago, which is like... The July what? of 2019. Yeah. yeah. So, we don't know. <laughs> so that's what we know about Yolanda and not British Williams. <laughs> um, oh. Who is next? So... Ed, Big Ed, and Rosemary. Her lovely Rosemary. Yeah, he calls her Rosemary, Rosemary, and Rose. So I don't know which is the official, but um, (laughs) what we saw on this episode was Ed visiting the local UPS store and um, calm down, ladies. Calm down. So (laughs) Hanakawa talked to UPS Ryan today. Calm down, ladies. (laughs) So uh, UPS Ryan was like the highlight trending topic of Instagram last night. And we found him and Hanukkah talked to him today. So why don't you tell us what we learned from UPS Ryan? From UPS Ryan. um, First, he, you know, of course, he he speaks praises of Ed. um, And there's a lot of 
post, I think, on Reddit that was really questioning why Ed was sending packages into the black hole of the Philippines if it wasn't reaching Rosemary. <laughs> right? Who would do that? Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan... Keep sending package after package. Just keep not sending package. Whether... Didn't know if it got there. Probably spent thousands of dollars. Um, he did let me know that those packages actually did make it. Oh, good to know. Right? All those packages made it, and he actually gave um, Ed the receipts, like, last night, confirming that the packages oh. got there. Wow. I mean, maybe like just, like, maybe real a time new, last night? New batch. I, I think maybe production didn't let him in on the story that they were going to say the packages never made it. Um, maybe the integrity of the UPS man going, uh, no, our packages do make it. <laughs> <laughs> they get caught in customs, and everyone knows that customs is a bitch sometimes, especially in the Philippines. Yeah. Corporate's going to kill him if he thinks he's not getting the packages there. That's what I'm saying. They're going to be like, uh, this is UPS. We don't like just drop it off on the shore and hope it floats to the fucking we island. We don't just like, air, airdrop it over the, the country somewhere and hope it gets where it's supposed to go. <laughs> exactly. So, the, like, uh, for example, he said the yellow dress that Rose Mary is wearing was one of the things that um ed has sent so oh she definitely got her packages okay. and she is enjoying them did, did dad did her dad get the grill and did the you know the sheets make it for Ed's <laughs> super super sensitive special skin he didn't say anything about the sheets i would take that with me like that would be like packed in my carry-on sheets aren't that bulky yeah so i have a practical question i don't know if they're going to tell us about this um with ed you know I don't think they technically let you bring mayonnaise in your carry-on. And so I'm curious about what he's going to do for his hair treatment when he's over there. Because it's not the same mayonnaise that they sell over over in Asia. Is he going to like... And putting it into his check bag, that's really dangerous. He's going to have mayonnaise-scented clothes his entire trip there. Oh, could so you I'm really imagine? worried about, this, about the condition of his scalp on this trip. What they is pro- he going to do? He probably has like that carry-on size, right? The less than three ounces yeah. of mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Who sells? Who buys mayonnaise in less than? Is he gonna? Well, no. You get the individual travel ones. Like you're gonna put your shampoo and conditioner in, and or like alcoholics. Alcoholics fill those with alcohol. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I mean, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. But you feel like you could fill a ton of those with mayonnaise and bring those. Or right? he went to the McDonald's and got a bunch of those little packets. There you go. Yeah, he probably could get some QP mayonnaise too. Some like Japanese mayo. It's probably, but it's different. It's different than what they than than what he was using. Yeah, it's but. probably better. He was slathering on fucking Hellman's. You don't know how many chemicals are in that shit. Dukes. Everybody knows you gotta have Dukes. Dukes. <laughs> oh, I'm not a mayo person. It's like <laughs> seeing him like just. <laughs> I was waiting for the egg to just too. I'm like, that's what he needs to be putting on his Twitch. Big Ed cooks on his head. Oh my god. If he does that, I want to shout out, but just saying. Ed, Ed if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's that's what we have for the what we saw in this episode, this intro episode. Now, we still have several couples that haven't made their appearance yet. Right. Um, so we'll see what gets shown and what we know. I mean, like Darcy and Tom, we're going to have to see what they... They put out there about that, and then uh, Erica and Stephanie. We'll have to see what they put out, and you know, we'll see if we can. If there is fraud, we'll you know uncover it and correct it, and on all right. that. They seem they seem to be in good spirits. I think Tom was a little irked on on a live 
last night, but... Because he wasn't on... Yeah. yeah. Just have to remind him, they saved the best for last. Oh, Aww. yes. And um, um, Stephanie was pretty... I mean, you kind of get bummed, because I can imagine they don't know when they're going to be on, but it's like, mm-hmm. just remember, they can't slam them all in the first two hours, so... Right. Well, remember last season, Blake was very irritated about this, and he was very public about his irritation, right. because they weren't... He had this whole par- party with his family and friends as a watch party, and he wasn't on, and then he f- calls TLC and finds out he's not going to be on until, like, the fourth episode and he was like the most anticipated couple of the season won't be on like, <laughs> i know what? and so he like boycotts them until four and then he's riding the the fame wave until then so it's still just be and patient still, they know and still speaking of riding the fame wave so <laughs> this entire cast thirsty as fuck it's all you know like i think it's in their nature they're all already right. public people so it's it's yeah. that taking this opportunity and maxing it out and they are maxing it out yeah i mean in past seasons i've had you know one or two cast members you know follow me or not necessarily follow me but maybe send me a message or you see them creep in your stories this season it's like all of them it's more that are there there's fewer that aren't doing it than are so um the tag if you're gonna tag me at least make it visible make it a visible tag you know maybe it's like a shameful tag like they they don't <laughs> want other people to know that they just want when us you went, to know you want to nod to your side chick but you don't everyone you don't want anyone to know that you're riding with her you just kind of <laughs> you just kind of tuck her tag down below <laughs> And then there's some casts that are like, don't talk to us. Like, um, there are cast members who are posting stories and invisible tagging me and, <laughs> and you, I think too. So probably um, I'm so used to it. Cause I, I get weird mentions and I'm like, what, why am I mentioned in this? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, you know who you are that are doing it. So just don't make it invisible. Just at least like. Give me the visibility. <laughs> I mean, be is that proud so much of me, to ask? Damn it. Be proud to be with me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take me to the no-name Chinese restaurant. No, oh, no. Those are sometimes um, the best, though. Yeah, right. Just when it just says Chinese food, you're like, yes. <laughs> well, I think of the again. I always go back to Sex in the City episodes, apparently, where Big takes keeps taking Carrie to this one Chinese place and she, or, and like, is it Carrie? Yeah, yeah. And she runs into somebody who, who's dating this girl that he's ashamed to be seen in public with. So he only brings her to this like hole in the wall place so that nobody he knows in real life will see that he's dating her. So Carrie gets this complex that big is trying to hide her. And he's like, no, I just like the food here. <laughs> so, um, so that's what I've been relegated to when you invisible tag me, just FYI. <laughs> Um, and, um, I, I know my worth. I've been, I've been following Ash. He's telling me I know my worth. So, (laughs) um, don't really have a social media roundup per se for you guys today, but we have been able to uncover thanks to the hard work of the Hanakawa, um, most of the cast members, Instagram handles. And the only ones missing right now are Rosemary, Lana, and the real Williams. And David. So, Larry, David. You call them Larry? Ryan. <laughs> We're just going to call him Larry. Larry. <laughs> we'll just mess it all together. 
But I don't think that they have Instagram. Like, Rosemary has a Facebook, but I have a feeling maybe if she had Instagram, Ed probably couldn't handle as many followers as she would get, so. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. It'd be way over 4,000. If you want those Instagram handles, uh, you can go to the Hanakawa. Um, She'll probably have them in her stories or in her highlights or something. Somewhere. Um, We'll have them somewhere. And uh, her Instagram is linked in the show notes, so you can go to that and get those. But there really isn't a whole lot um, else going on on social media. The, The cast of season seven is trying like hell to get their one last hurrah. They're pimping out their their YouTube pages. They're pimping out their cannabis infused, you know, body oils or whatever they're doing. And um, we're they're selling trying to, them off. Have a good one. We're sending them away. <laughs> bye bye. Get your blue tags Bye-bye. while you can. Goodbye. <laughs> bye. Get gone. Get gone with you. Um, and we welcome the new cast. And I don't know about you, but I kind of enjoyed this premiere, and I'm hoping it doesn't disappoint. Because it seems like a good season. What do you think? I think so. Um, the problem with the last season is that, or with season seven at least, is that I think you know you you have to have a mix of sort of dumpster fire, but also wholesome. And so you had the Juliana and and Michael and Sarah and Max and Cece as your sort of your wholesome mom and apple pie segment. <laughs> And then you had it contrasted with Tania and Sinjin for like for the dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. And then to varying degrees, you had Anna and Marcel, and then you had um, who else was was somewhat dumpster fireish? Oh, Robert and Annie. Um, but yeah, the yeah. problem is, is that is that Blake and Jasmine were so boring that it just created all this dead weight through the season and yeah. so and, and then that combined with the two part tell all that could have been you know a half hour episode um it should have just been a dr phil episode with mike and natalie and we should have dug down into what actually happened that should have been the entire tell-all sean's famous you know wow there's a lot to unpack here let's move on let's move on (laughs) you guys have a lot of things to work out yes let's do it now on TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the hell? You know, and I'll and I'll and I'll give him this. Even though I thought the tell-all for for before season three was too long, it at least was exciting, <laughs> right? Right. You know, oh had, yeah, uh, it was had, explosive. Because you yeah. had Jesse show up, and then Angela freaks out on Mama on Mama Avery, right? <laughs> um, because she likes Jesse for some for a reason I cannot understand. Like he was like they interacted for about two seconds on the season two tell-all. And I don't know why that engenders such intense loyalty from Angela. Maybe people can speculate. <laughs> well, I mean, we get a little bit more of Jesse. Uh, TLC is releasing their What Now series, which for those of you guys who watched what's been released, they're like 10-minute <laughs> segments. They're not full yeah. episodes. They're just kind of like a Where Are They Now? They did a quick interview with them, caught up. It says like part one and part two, but it's like five minutes and then five minutes. It's not these huge things. There's not going to be a lot, but uh, Jesse is on that. I have not watched them yet. It's just basically um, him staring off into the beach, drinking his branded coffee. And do you know he's giving stock advice on Instagram now? Stop oh, good Lord. it! I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done. And with that, I'm done. <laughs> and with that, yes. Um, uh, so the season has some good sports cast, some that are not so good sports, and. 
Some cast is happy to tag everybody and some are blocking everybody. So this should be an interesting ride for us on this side of things. Um, this cast is fiery, I would say, in, in that regard. So we're having an interesting time as we are digging. And already we only have, I mean, we have one episode out and we've already discovered the catfish and just, you know, gone deep on these Instagrams and found these other identities and stuff. So God only knows what TLC has in store, in store for us. Um, the other news that we had heard from TLC, well, not from TLC, but I heard from a little birdie that uh, Darcy and Stacy are getting a spinoff. And so we don't know a lot of details about it yet. So you guys have been sounding off about that. And, um, Maybe TLC will pay attention to that. Um, and that's it, I think. That's it. So. <laughs> nobody <laughs> asked for that. <laughs> the spinoff that nobody wanted. Um, so that'll be coming. Um, so that's it. That's it. That's all I got. You got anything else? Well, I am going to preview that for some of the what nows. I think um, there will be some content coming out of those. Um, yeah. I have a, I have a few uh, things I'd like to talk about once they're all aired. You know, we're going to see an update on John and Rachel. I have some thoughts on their season and uh, the issues that are surrounding them. I also have some thoughts on Jesse that um, came from a discussion on Reddit that I'll want to share uh, once Ooh. everyone's had a chance to, to catch up on that. I also think that someone was asking you about about Robert, Anchor Babies, and Chain yes, Migration. Yes. So we're gonna have to talk about that at some point during the season. Although I was I, I I had a review that says chain migration is a racist right wing term. No, it isn't. Okay. Are you in, serious? In, during, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. during the Obama administration, we used chain migration in the State Department. Is there a legal version of that that people are more No, it's a, it's, it's I think it was just a troll. It's not On a troll. My, no, no, no. My the, the oh. review the person who left the review was a troll. Okay, because yeah, I are, think what are... happened is the term chain migration has been used negatively lately, so people see it as mm-hmm. that. But I always thought it was called chain migration. It is called chain migration. It's a, it's a term. <laughs> it was a making... term. It is a term. So suck as, it, hater. That's exactly right. It is a term used inside the federal government, and it was non-controversial up until about ten seconds ago, <laughs> when, uh, when SJWs on Twitter decided that it was the worst term ever ever created by a human being. Yes. So um, yeah, so that's that's what's coming up on our season of the broadcast. Is we've got all of this juicy stuff coming um, now that agency is is an official part of the the broadcast broadcast team. Um, we've also got some, so what is, well, why don't you talk about your website? Yes. So, you know, for those of you who've been listening to me, uh, and surviving, uh, up until now, you know, I've had a, a, a email account that I've offered for people who have questions about their visa situations or about the visa process in general. And due to the uh, very robust response I received, I've now actually launched a website called uh, asktheVisaOfficer.com where I offer a, uh, a range of services for people who have uh, questions or issues about the visa process or about their, their particular case. And the reason I set that up is because it's hard to you know, provide a high quality of assistance to people and do it on a volunteer basis. So this lets me um, you know, really help people at a at a degree that I'm satisfied with over a long period of time. And cheaper than a lawyer. It's much cheaper than, than an attorney. <laughs> and a, a, 
like a phone <laughs> consultation, I probably charge about half of what uh, what an immigration attorney was, and and maybe geez, like a like a sixth of what they would charge if you do a writ, do a written question. Um, and also keep a blog on that website where all of the posts I do on Reddit are posted. I also do blog posts on immigration topics uh, that might be of interest to people who are in the uh, in the process. And those are and those posts so far are uh, only available uh, on my website. So do check it out. Um, what some of those posts? I think your ninety day related mm-hmm. ones. Um, we're still working out the legal details of ownership of mm-hmm. these, <laughs> but because um, apparently I can't just steal his intellectual property. I mean, who knew? I you can't, can't just, just take whatever I, it and put it on. The... I can't just take whatever I want without asking him. There's this thing called consent and all of this whole thing, and. We're working on um, sort of a cross-platform of our new website, the Fraudcast, which is being built right now. And I've seen a preview, and it looks amazing, and I'm very excited about it. Yay! It's going to have some of these. Um, there's going to be a sort of like a, like a crossover of some of these blog posts will mm-hmm. be on our site, carried on our site as well. But it's, I mean, it's like a mirror to your site. I don't know the technology behind it. I have such they an will... idea that I will talk to you guys offline with that, but I mm-hmm. think it will satisfy both sides. So, you know, it is um, agency's work and, and we need to make sure that he retains his, you know, ownership mm-hmm. rights and all of that. And, and I can't just slap my watermark <laughs> on it and call it my own. Who knew? So, <laughs> Darn. So, we're, so, so that is going to happen. Um, and so, like I said, the fraudcast.com, it will be coming up soon, hopefully. Um, they're doing amazing Hanakawa and, uh, Mr. Hanakawa are doing amazing things working on that. And I'm already like jizzy myself cause it's so cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that will be good and, and, and it'll be, you know, linked with, um, link will link to agency's site as well. We'll figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. It'll all get done. All the magic elves behind the, the computers. Um, I am, I am frauded by TLC. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at frauded by TLC. You can find our Facebook group is the fraudcasters on Facebook. Um, we also have a Patreon. If you're interested in hearing more from us, we cover right now. We're covering married at first sight and, um, love after lockup. And we're kind of recapping, we're kind of giving spoilers, we're giving tea, we're doing sort of a mix of all of that over there. And um, that is patreon.com slash the fraudcast. And uh, to get content there, that starts at $3 a month. And that's an episode a week plus access to our Facebook group and our Discord server. On the Discord server, we also have agency and hetero life mate too, which which is fun. As an added bonus, that's the only place you can interact with me outside of Reddit. Ooh, <laughs> uh-huh. look at that! So there's a there's an incentive. Um, so there's that. What about you, Hanakawa? You can find me at the Hanakawa. I was told to spell that out, so it's the H A N E K A W A on Instagram. That will also be linked in the show notes. I linger inside the Discord, so if you do join the Patreon, I'm in the Not Safe for Work tab. (laughs) Yeah, she is. It's really not safe. (laughs) I label it as such. Venturing in there, and yeah, we might. And the hetero life mate asked to be blocked from that section. That is amazing. he doesn't want, but then he went and looked anyway. So. Oh, we we have to block him so you can talk about things that you buy and he won't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> the amount of money I'm going to have to spend on therapy now having been in there is astronomical. You can bill me. <laughs> send, it, send in my bill. And, of course, we have agency is askthevisaofficer.com. That's correct. I also lurk on the 90 Day Fiance subreddit. You can find my Ask a Visa Officer posts there, and uh, then you'll know what my username is. Ha, ha, ha. It's like a scavenger hunt. It is a scavenger hunt. Um, yeah, if you, you know, come to us and tell us, you know, what his username is, we'll give you a shout out on the next show or something. Um, so that's it. That's all we got. Yeah? Yep. Yep. That's right. That's all right. (laughs) We are the broadcast and we are dumpster diving so you don't have to. This broadcast has been produced and edited by yours truly. Art by Sarah Dottie. Music written, produced, and performed by Umami. Segment producer at iHeartReality TV shows. Further assistance provided by many unnamed fraud consultants. Dukes. Everybody knows you gotta have Dukes. Dukes. <laughs> oh, I'm not a Mayo person. It's like <laughs> seeing them like just Hey, fraudcasters. You know, I used to find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. They were the first thing to take off when I got home. But Skims has changed all that. You guys know I love my Skims Fits Everybody t-shirt bras. I own them in just about every shade now. I wear them every single day when I leave the house. And they are completely worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I was not expecting from them was how comfortable they are. Even the underwire bras that I wear all day, I barely even notice. Definitely not the first thing I take off when I come home anymore. Y'all, I'm a 36 double D and I've had a reduction and I've gone up and down and lost weight and gained weight and all the things. And the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, I swear, fits me the best. I finally found a t-shirt bra that I can wear. But not only that, it is the best bra that I own. It holds the girls in so well. And let me just say, Hetero Life Mate really appreciates these bras too. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes from a 30A to a 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, please be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show, The Fraudcast, in the drop-down menu that follows.